What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello and good day to you. Welcome back to this uh, BBR mini-series. This, my friends, is part 11 of this 10-part mini-series because, well, 10 just wasn't enough to cover everything we need to just touch on the fundamentals of the work that BBR is and the work that we do within. So, If you recall, we started this journey looking at what stress actually is, how it can be useful, and what happens to your body and brain, the good, the bad, all of the in-between. And then we talked about how stress affects your brain, how to use your breath to tap right into your nervous system and navigate your stress response. And we talked about stress and how it affects the body and how to use your body to help process stress. After we got all of those not-so-basics out of the way, we looked at resilience. We looked at nutrition specific to stress in your brain. We looked at expectations and mindset, which all play a major, major part in how stress affects us and for how long. So if you've missed any of these, They are full of fun science about how you work, how to navigate using the tools that you have in you, and um, I obviously think that they're all super dope and you should go back and listen to them, but you do what's best for you. We are going to move on today to look at the habits we create, how that affects everything from our daily patterns, what we're doing in our lives to our brain and stress response. So let's go. All right. So our habits create us. It's not the things that we do once in a while that shape our lives, but the things that we do most often that create us and create our surroundings, create our lives and how we live in it, our perceptions, our health, and even how we respond to stress. You may not even be aware of what your habits are. And that is because about 95% of what we do by the time we reach our middle 30s-ish is done by habit. So we're just out here running around on autopilot and subconscious programming from previous habits that we've created. And when we do something over and over and over and over again, our brain looks to save energy and eventually just habituates that action, making it automatic so that you can spend your energy on all of the other things that actually need your attention that you haven't learned to do by doing it over and over and over again yet. There are several books on habit, a couple that I would recommend, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and then The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, Basically, they're just going over why we decide to do things and um, kind of the, the habit loop of cue, craving, response, reward, over and over again. This is how those habits are put into place. And then this is how they are also continued and perpetuated. Look them up if you're into that kind of thing. Um, I like to just look at habits from 
the perspective that there are things that we do, we have a choice in it, if we are intentional, and we're aware of what we're doing, because again, our autopilot will take over, which is supposed to be, you know, our brain helping us save energy and and do other things. And it's great. So what we do most often creates who we are. So if we look at these little habits, we have the power to choose what we want to start implementing. And I've talked to all kinds of people trying to get rid of their bad habits. um, And they focus on their bad habits. And I think, you know, like so many things, we have this binary idea of like good or bad. Um, And definitely, there are a lot of habits that are not useful and not helping us to get to, you know, whatever our goal may be, especially when we're talking about our, you know, journey to participate in our own well being, and self regulation and those things. But, but when we're looking at our focus, if we are constantly looking at the bad habits that we want to change, and we are placing all of our attention on these bad habits, and then often shaming ourselves for them. We know that our attention and focus signal for energy and important information to our brain. So if we're constantly looking at these bad habits, that is filling our mind space. So then we're just going to feel like shit about these habits and being doing nothing to change them. So instead of focusing on what we don't want, what if we focus on what we do want? Also on that note, when we're focusing on these bad habits and shaming ourselves for them and feeling real bad about it, I want us to remember one thing. And that is that the habits that we have now that we might be feeling real bad about and shaming ourselves for all the things, they served us at some point in time, or they would have never become habits. They filled some kind of need that we had, and they brought us to the point where we can now choose to continue with some of those habits or to begin to create new ones. So maybe considering that. Okay, so with that, and we know where our attention goes, our energy flows. So what habits do we want to create? Let's start there. And remember, we can't talk ourselves into a new space. We can't talk ourselves down from an elevated state of stress and anxiety, and we can't talk ourselves into new habits. It takes action. Habits are created from repeated action, and then they are stored in the subconscious, which only knows action and experience. So creating new habits takes that same action, practice, and then more action over and over and over again to make it a habit that becomes automatic, that sticks to create those neuropathways, to strengthen those neuropathways and those habit patterns uh, in our in our brain and body. So when we're looking at new habits, absolutely 100%, I want you to get in your head that new habits mean failure. So we have to get comfortable with the word failure. We have to reframe it as learning because that's what it is. Anytime you fail at something, you just learn what you need to do next time or that it's not for you or whatever piece of relevant information you can take to move on to the next step. So give yourself permission, give yourself permission to fail. Seek out failure in order to get in your reps and then move past them and move on to the thing that you want to be doing. Again, remember, it is not if you fail, but when and how often. And you get to decide that because you get to decide your actions. 
So expect it and prepare for it and prepare for how you will move forward afterwards. Changing your habits doesn't happen by accident. It's intentional. And with that, there will be setbacks and yes, failures. This includes changing habits you have in both your thoughts and in your actions. And how we think about ourselves is a big part of this whole habit creation, formation, and solidification. We all have a sense of identity, um, this idea of who we are, and then our behaviors either align with that or don't. And when our behaviors do align with our identity, this idea that we have of ourselves, then we are acting like the person we believe ourselves to be. So for example, if you want to be, you you identify yourself as a runner. That means that you go out and take the action of running. Your, one of your behaviors is running. If you are a, you know, identify yourself as a reader, you're a person who reads things. So when we have this thought of who we are, and then the behaviors that we have align, that just means we are taking those actions to be that person we believe ourselves to be. So who you believe yourself to be is a big part of this habit creation. Changing your habits helps you to change the belief that you have about yourself. Consider what I, what you identify yourself with. When you repeat a behavior, the more and more and more you reinforce it, that identity is also reinforced. The identity associated with that behavior. So with this, your habits are actually how you embody your identity, the person that you think you are. And if we kind of zoom out and look at what habits are, they're about becoming someone. They again are creating us. They are shaping us. So who are, who are we becoming? The type of person that you believe yourself to be and taking aligned action with that, that is what is creating you. So who do you believe yourself to be? There's a great exercise there. Um, take a notepad, take a piece of paper, your journal, whatever. Write down who you believe yourself to be. Who are you? And then what habits does that person have? What behaviors does that person display? What actions are they taking? This can be a great way to look at our thoughts and behaviors and where we might need to do some adjusting. Remember, it's not it's not uh, thinking about doing something, but the actual doing something, the action that creates those habits. And so unless we're thinking about thought patterns, and those are habits of thought, which are also incredibly important. Go back to the um, brain and mindset episodes, re-listen to those if you have questions on that. Anyways, every action we take is a vote for the type of person that we want to be, that we want to become. So when we're looking at implementing these habits that we want to have to be the person that we believe ourselves to be, to take aligned action, make it easy on yourself. Your habits are a direct reflection of your environment, especially when we're navigating on autopilot and not intentionally choosing our actions. So when we start to intentionally choose our actions, become aware of what they are, looking at our environment is incredibly important because we naturally imitate the habits of those that we spend the most time with. And that doesn't have to be people in person. It can be the books that you're reading, the people that you follow on social media, the things that you listen to, all of this. So you want to join a culture where your desired behavior and habits are the cultural norm. 
because then your brain knows it's possible. And these new habits seem more reasonable and achievable when you're surrounded by people who are already doing those things consistently. Make it easy on yourself. Another thing is the myth of willpower and motivation to get you through these things, to change your habits. We have to recognize that willpower and motivation are not enough. Motivation doesn't always show up in the right time when you need it the most. It usually does not. It's usually the opposite. Um, And if you're anxious or afraid, willpower just runs right out. It is not a never-ending resource. It is finite. And when we're talking about um, motivation, it is a little myth. We have a thing called anticipatory reward that happens in our brain in anticipation of a thing happening or receiving a thing that we want. We get a little hit of dopamine, we feel real good. And then after that, it's kind of like, meh, okay, great, that's over. And so the only way that our brain knows to anticipate this thing is if we do it and make a habit of that. And then our brain anticipates that thing and gets real excited. It's like, oh, this thing is coming, yay. Here's some happy chemicals. But again, you have to take action first so that your brain is trained to be looking for that thing. And this is where discipline comes in. It is what keeps you going and leads you to the wins that boost the confidence and then stir that motivation, which is really just seeing yourself doing the thing, recognizing that it's beneficial, seeing your wins, seeing your progress, and then that anticipatory anticipatory reward. So it's all about discipline. And I don't mean like never miss a Monday and be real hard on yourself and set unrealistic expectations and non-flexible consistency means every single day in the same way, because, okay, that's all just, um, leading you to leading you to burnout, leading you to disappointment, leading you to feeling like you're not able to do these things. Again, we're making this easy on ourselves and we know that consistency changes day to day, person to person, depending on our situation, depending on the energy that we have available. It is just continuing to show up. And discipline isn't about being mean to yourself or being hard on yourself about things. It just means caring enough about yourself and about this goal and about this identity that you have, these habits that you want to create to do the thing. And, you know, not letting yourself make excuses when those are a thing, but knowing the difference between excuses and valid reasons. And I think maybe that's a whole other, other episode. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm veering off. Um, but that's, those, those are important, important notes to have. So what do we do? We start with tiny steps that we can accomplish. Again, make it easy on yourself. Don't, why we don't, I think we champion the struggle and we think like, if it's not hard, it's not, I don't know, not working or something, which is absolutely not true. Start with the tiny steps that you can accomplish. Give yourself the win. It's proof of ability, which increases confidence. And it's also creating those new tiny little micro habits, one tiny step at a time, which can create big changes over time. You are giving your brain the proof that I can do this thing. It's useful. Um, I won. Let's do it again. Studies show that uh, when we're talking about willpower, it's like a muscle. I said it's finite. And it's because it needs to rest. It needs to refuel. It doesn't just go on forever. Uh, Studies have shown that willpower fades throughout the day. And depending on levels of rest and levels of nutrition and all of those things that we need to function at our highest, 
most optimal form as humans. And so we know that motivation is the lowest at the end of the day, or when we're stressed and spending cognitive energy on decision-making all day. So if we're leaving these habits that we want to be creating, these new ones, until the end of our day and think, oh, I'll just do it then, through sheer willpower, understand that that is a poor plan and it it may lead you to a rough rough road in in creating those habits. So uh, another thing, when we're looking at that willpower and spending that cognitive energy on decision-making all day, habits create freedom. If you're always making decisions about the fundamentals of what to eat, what to wear, what time to do something, when to fit in your wellness practices, your nervous system hygiene practices, then you have less time and mental space for the freedom to choose what comes next and the energy and that willpower to continue with your discipline. So my challenge to you this week is to make a list of the habits that you want to create around your nervous system hygiene practice. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this mini series, you'll want to go do that if you're uh, curious about what nervous system hygiene practice is. Pick one thing, just one, that you want to implement into this week and then make a plan. Schedule it however it works best for you. Make it easy to accomplish. Lower the barrier to entry. Make it small and, uh, you know, accomplishable. That's a word. We're going to leave that. Um, So that you can give yourself the wins. You can prove to your brain that something is working and it's safe and you can do it. And that is the best way to start creating that new habit. You have to give your brain proof of concept. So pick the one thing, implement it into this week, and let me know what you're working on. I love hearing from you, and I am so grateful to know that you're listening, and it's making sense, giving you something to work with in your days. I am just immensely grateful that you are here listening. I know that you can choose to spend your time doing anything else, and you choose to be here listening to me, and I am grateful beyond words for that. So with that... I am going to wrap up and leave it here. Have a beautiful week and until next time, peace out.